Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Shibin Zhang Show, episode 38. In today's episode, it's going to be a lot of UFC, um, some NFL. We're going to be talking about UFC Vegas 37, Anthony Smith's win over Ryan Spann, then UFC 266, which is coming up September 25th, Ortega versus Volkanovski. And then we are going to be talking a little about the NFL, our recap of uh, our fantasy teams, the whole shebang. So uh, the usual on that. But as always, this episode is brought to you by Hot Streak Fantasy, the best in-play fantasy app on the market. Pick two to three players in the MLB and NFL while you're watching your favorite teams and watch them make you some money. Hot Streak is matching your initial deposit as a bonus when you use promo code Hot Sauce. So get Hot Streak Fantasy app now. We say it every week. I'll keep saying it. Very uh, one of the best in-play apps uh, on the market for fantasy. Uh, very easy, accessible. Uh, you know, it's very quick, and uh, you can make money watching your favorite teams and players. And the NFL now, uh, it's a big thing. NFL betting, people love it. And MLB with the wild card races heating up and everything like that. So you can bet on the Jays, make some money. Uh, but Eric, before we get into the episode, as always, roll it. Welcome back to the Stupid Zang Show. Like we said, episode 38, Eric. Um, last week, we didn't have much to talk about, talk a lot about the NFL. This week, though, as we know, UFC 266 is going to be uh, happening September 25th with the main uh, main event, Volkanovski versus Ortega. But before we get into that, why don't we talk about uh, the UFC Vegas 37 main event, which was Anthony Smith uh, versus Ryan Spann, a light heavyweight bout, which was, I think, 6 versus 11th in ranking. Uh, Anthony Smith uh, came away with the submission win. I forget what round. It was in the first round, right? Yeah. yeah. First round. It was quick, yeah. Submission and quick, I remember, yeah. And, um, yeah, there was a little scrum at the, after the fight there, Anthony Smith got a little heated. It seemed like, uh, yeah. he wanted the respect. He felt disrespected, exactly. uh, cause Ryan Spann, um, you know, he, he, he's this Walmart version of John Jones, I'm guessing, but you know, not looking at his opponent and stuff like that, uh, looking down anyway, Anthony Smith, one of the USC biggest vets, he's been through a lot. So obviously he was pissed when nobody, Gave him the respect he deserved. He comes out with the first round submission. Win, Eric. What did you like about Anthony Smith? And that yeah. One? So yeah, um, Anthony the Lionheart Smith. Mm-hmm. That's my boy. I've always liked him. He's he, he, this guy's a monster. He's a beast. And coming to this, uh, his ground game is insane. Everyone knows that, and he's been improving on his uh, striking too. So coming to this fight, if you look at his ranking, it's like six, right? Which is kind of low for someone like Anthony Smith. Oh. Was who literally has fought for the belt, and obviously, um, he was on a two fight winning. It's not even a win streak, but he won two fights, six. But like, he's a he's a very big name in the light 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 heavyweight division, which is kind of mm-hmm. like dying out. Not dying out, but it's, it's not that exciting right now. No, but yeah. So um, the thing with um Anthony Smith is his whole career, he's he's literally fought whoever people uh, Dana White has thrown him. So someone throws him uh. Daniel would be like, you want to fight him? He'll be like, I'll take it, whatever. It's always like that. So even when he was younger, um, that's how he got to fight some big names. And uh, he upset a lot of people. So his first big fight that he won, and it was a huge upset, was uh, – what's his name again? But uh, it's uh, – oh, what's his name? Hey, yeah, he, come he, on. Fought Rash- he, he fought Rashad Evans. So he beat Rashad Evans, that, yeah. and that was a huge upset because he wasn't supposed to like – 
he, he was a, like a, a, a small name. And then he beat Rashad Evans. And then after that, he, he beat uh, Mauricio Rua, who's also a really big name. And then that's how his career started going uh, relatively quickly. So he's like, oh, since people let like, since he he got that kind of treatment and was able, he was like he was low ranked and he was able to high, uh, fight someone of high ranking. He he was like, okay, I'll take this fight, and then he won in a very big fashion. He's like, I'm done getting disrespected, and uh, I just wanna, yeah, yeah. I, I, he just wants his flowers. But he calls out Rakic, who beat him. Uh, I think it was in 2020, which is pretty yeah. recent. Mm-hmm. He wants that rematch. He'll fight him, and. Oh yeah, the exciting news I wanted to tell you about. Like, no, not exciting, but okay. So, uh, me and Shit before we we're talking, uh, off film, like we we're saying, like, oh, uh, Dominic Reyes, I can't believe he was so close. But Anthony Smith is actually the closest, closest one to ever, um, ever beat not John beat, Jones. not beat John Jones. Like he was getting beat up in the fight. Yeah. But John Jones threw a very illegal knee mm-hmm. that hit him in the head, and Anthony Smith, like he, it was so like. He, it could have been the fight could have been over easily, but then Anthony Smith was like, "Okay, no, like I'll continue fighting. Like I don't care. Like I, I don't want the belt that way." And then, yeah, well, that's not what I meant when I talked about Dominic Ray. Dominic, no, Ray I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, you know, it's it's kind of crazy how. But yeah. Anthony Smith is the closest. Like he he could have been a champion. Yes, he could have been a champion. Like he could have pulled um Aljamain Sterling, but he didn't. Like bro, and the rest, of, like he was getting beat up the entire fight and. Could have had an easy exit, so that's why a lot of people do respect Anthony Smith a lot, and that's why I respect him a lot. So yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, Anthony Smith before the fight, uh, he was telling us that he's seen a lot of guys like Ryan Span um, throughout his career. You know, all those up and coming. You said he fought a lot of those guys, and mm-hmm. he knew he would have the advantage because of that, because he's you know he sees himself as the more experienced, which he is experienced vet and he's seen it all and fought the best and everything like that. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Ryan Spann, um, he looked out class in that fight. Uh, exactly. Anthony Smith was sharp, real sharp in that fight oh, yeah. and um, came out with the victory. Now, potential fight. Yeah. Christmas time. We said, uh, like you said, uh, Rakic said he's yeah. available in December. So Merry Christmas to Anthony Smith. Like exactly. he said to Michael Bisbane. Aaron, what do you think about that fight, that matchup? You know, he's lost to him before. Yeah. Well, what's he got to do to come out with a win this time, actually make a name for that title shot now? Okay, so exactly. Last fight, Rakic completely dominated him. Um, if I have the stats right here, it was a complete blowout. So Rakic had 44 strikes. Anthony Smith only had nine, mm-hmm. which is nine strikes in a three-round fight is like is nothing, right? So three per complete, round. Literally three strikes per round. So that's not the usual Anthony Smith you'll see. That's why, but the thing with Anthony Smith is, this, I think it's 36 wins, and I believe 33 or 34 of them are finishes. So yeah. this guy finished, when he wins, he finishes. There's no way it's that high, but mo- <laughs> like a majority, majority of his fight, his finishes, like of his wins are finishes. So, like, because he's so good, like his ground game is good. He'll, he'll choke you out, or he'll ground pound, or he'll, he'll finish and strike you, you know? So uh, the fight with Rakic. I don't know because Rakic is a really good fighter. Obviously, if you look at the numbers from last fight, mm-hmm. you, you want to see Anthony Smith maybe get more takedowns or maybe f- basically fight like he fought Span, like just completely dominate and just take away all the space and give his opponent no chance. Because I do believe if I d- did have to do an early bet, I do believe Anthony Smith is going to win. I think he like he has he, he's got like something going here. <laughs> and uh, yeah. 
a little momentum street, in his way. Yeah, exactly. Momentum. That's the word I was looking for. And I don't know Rakic, Rakic beat Anthony Smith and then beat Thiago Santos, who is also a very big name in the light heavyweight division. So um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. But Rakic sure. isn't like the type of fighter to fit. Like most of his fights go to decision. Yeah. But Anthony Smith is like, I don't know. If, if there's fire, I'm telling you, Anthony Smith is coming out. Well, listen, I think, uh, you know, as we know, Jan Black, Blackovich. Is that how you say his mm-hmm. name? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Jan Blackovich. Yeah. Pretty much on the dot. No big yeah. deal. And Glover Teixeira are actually going to fight for the belt coming up. UFC yeah. uh, 267. 268 or is it 267? I think it's 267. 267, yes. I think so. Um, yeah. Thinking maybe the winner of Smith versus Rakic exactly. has the potential challenge or title fight versus, I don't know, the winner of, let's see, who knows what Glo- uh, Glover Teixeira is thinking, you know, if he's thinking of retiring, if he wins. He most, li- yeah, most, most likely. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that leaves a vacancy. Who knows? Yang gets another match, uh, gets another shot at it. If so, mm-hmm. if that happens. Uh, maybe against the winner of Rakic or Anthony Smith. So, uh, you know, we're going to get a little more. Uh, little, the gears are going to get going here for the light heavyweight division soon. December, that's going to, you know, they're going to have UFC 267, then that fight in December, and then we'll see what the next potential title fight will be. Who knows if it's Smith, if it's Rakic, or uh, uh, there's Yuri, Pro- Yuri Provkoska. Right, yeah he's, yeah, he's there. He's on a three. He's won three in a row so far. And then you, you well. also can't sleep on Dominic Reyes, who also is mm. is a pretty big name. Who's on a losing streak though, right now? Three yeah. fight losing streak. John Jones, obviously um, the champ, and then Yeri himself. So yeah. uh, we'll see. As you know, light heavyweight, not the most entertaining division. Hopefully, things kind of pick up here. But yeah. uh, anyway, that's UFC Vegas 37. But Eric, we got to hop into the September bout UFC 266. 266. Uh, three big fights. My well, we have the Curtis Blades, um, the heavyweight bout versus uh, mm-hmm. I forget who. Uh, what's that guy's uh, name? Oh, Rosenstrike. Rosenstrike. But you know, whatever. It's gonna be a good fight. But I'm focusing on three main fights here. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, one of them being the women's flyweight championship exactly. uh, bout. Valentina Eric Shvenchenko. Yeah. Uh, Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy. Obviously, um, Shevchenko, Eric, a negative 1,200 favorite to win this bout. Lauren Murphy, a plus, what is it, uh, 700 to win this fight. Uh, Shevchenko on a seven-fight win streak. Lauren Murphy, she's on her own little win streak, five fights. And um, Eric, I really think the only reason she's getting a shot right now at this title is because Shevchenko has run through the competition already. Oh, yeah. and it's basically exactly. who's next for dinner. So um, I think we know where our predictions lie here. Uh, mm-hmm. Shevchenko is completely unmatched and untouched in that division. As exactly. you know, she's only lost twice in the late 2010s, and both are being to the bantamweight champion, Amanda Nunez, um, who's probably the GOAT of women's MMA. Exactly, yeah. So uh, there's not much to talk about here. You know, Laura Murphy, she's, a, you know, a good, okay striker. And, you know, she has a good wrestling basis. But when it comes to Shevchenko, she's just too technical in every aspect of the game, in my opinion. And, you know, Laura Murphy's forward fighting style, style is going to get her hurt versus Shevchenko, who's going who's gonna to be pretty accurate, I'm, I'm going to assume, with her strikes, in my yeah. opinion. I don't know. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Um Valentina, obviously her career is basically almost perfect, other than mm-hmm. the Amanda Nunes stuff. But with that, it's kind of it's, it's kind of tough because it was 
the, the fights weren't it wasn't like at the time when they fought they weren't like at their peak yet mm-hmm. so the first one it was a three-round fight amanda probably had but it's, it's very close if you look at if you rewatch a very close fight the second fight is a five-rounder but also a very close fight uh split, i think it was split this one of them was split decision so both of them very close so there's not too much like i don't think it's going to tamper legacy that much but after that 125 it's literally been her division the entire time. She's destroyed everyone that's come her way. But now she has Lauren Murphy, who's a very good challenger. Obviously, the odds, because Valentina's a beast. But the odds aren't in favor Are, of Lauren Murphy yeah. at all. Nope. But you can't. And the thing with Lauren Murphy right now is she's 38 years old, 37, 38. So she, later end of her career. But five-fight five fight win streak, 15-4 uh, and four record isn't bad. And uh, some of her fight, recent fights against like Joanne uh, Calderwood, I don't know too much about them, but the, there's some decent fighters in here. But uh, Valentina, obviously, I'm like I mean, 90% yeah. sure. Yeah, 90% sure she's, she's going to win. Division. She's got everything. Also, she's been um, sparring with Brandon Moreno, who's the, the champ right now in the 125-pound division. And uh, they have good things to say about her. And she, if you watch all her fights, she's... She, pure destruction so yeah exactly so i, have, I mean uh, yeah not, not much to think uh, exactly i guess i'm gonna go uh with the russian here to uh eric my prediction uh shevchenko ko ko i don't know yeah. maybe the third round but uh eric she's won in every possible way seven wins by knockout seven wins by decision and seven wins by submission so shevchenko obviously kind mm. of uh you know literally the female version of that russian the Russian character from Rocky. I forget the name. Oh, Drago. But Drago. Literally the f- women's flyweight Drago. So look out mm-hmm. for Shevchenko to keep dominating come September 25th versus the American Lori Murphy. It would be a huge upset if Lori Murphy came on top, which would be exciting. But yeah. uh, very uh, thin chance, Eric. As we move uh, into another main card event, Eric, this is a rematch of the ages, 17 years to be specific. Nick Diaz yeah. versus Robbie Lawler. Eric, uh, like I said, they haven't fought since um, Nick Diaz's second career fight. I believe that was in 2004 or something like that. But it's been three or four. Yeah. Yeah. It's been 17 years. Since uh, these two have fought, and now they're going to take uh, one of the main card stages here at UFC 266, Nick Diaz. The underdog going into this one at a plus 105, Robbie Lawler, minus 118. So he's the favorite in this. Uh, If people don't know what happened in the first fight, Nick Diaz actually KO'd Robbie Lawler in the second round. And so, uh, Eric, Nick Diaz said he's, he feels like he's in the best shape of his life. What do you think going into this fight about those comments? Okay, exactly. So, obviously, yeah, you were right. 2004 uh, was their last fight against each other. Mm-hmm. And in that fight, Robbie Lawler was already a big known name. Like, not big known name, but he was known to knock out people and win. He was, he was already, like, he's a little older than Nick Diaz. But Nick Diaz, huge underdog in this fight because... Um, and what was crazy about that fight was Robbie Lawler was a striker, right? Powerful striker. Uh, if you listen to the commentating, of the, I've watched that fight multiple multiple times. If you listen to the commentating, the whole fight, it's like, oh, oh, is Nick Diaz actually standing up with Robbie Lawler? Because Nick Diaz is a, he's yeah. a jujitsu guy. So the whole time Nick Diaz, you know, hands up like this, like, fight, and then yeah. he, he, he outstrikes Robbie Lawler and knocks him out, which is... Well, and he, Nick Diaz was 20 at the time, and 
that really uplifted his career. Nick Diaz after went on a crazy streak. Uh, Robbie Lawler, a couple years later, actually got cut from the UFC, went to Strike Force, became a champ there. And then I think he only came back in like 2013. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy because uh, I think um, Nick Diaz's last fight was like 2015 20, or 2016. 2015. He, good that you mentioned that because for those that may not know, Nick Diaz was on a kind of a losing streak, went to middleweight, fought mm-hmm. Anderson Silva. He lost that fight, then got banned by the UFC. Well, uh, that, that fight, there's something. I think marijuana. It was, yeah. He got it, banned it, no, for marijuana. He but got it was like overturned. Or, yeah, it was overturned. Yeah. But, he, but now, uh, now you think about it, it's kind of stupid. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. It's so but he got banned five years. Uh, five years. So now he's back uh, with his first fight since that incident in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been a while. Him, Robbie Lawler has been cut 2013. So yeah, two guys who have uh, been out of the, the octagon for a while are now coming back to, uh, you know, set in stone and maybe a potential third fight. If Robbie Lawler comes out yeah. with the win or Nick Diaz ends that. And then who knows? Maybe he continues fighting Jorge Masvidal. Uh, who knows? So, something could happen. And the, and the thing with Nick Diaz here is um, if you look at his history is I'm not like the UFC, they, for some reason, they're always against Nick Diaz, okay? Like, they always, they never had his back. Like, even with, with the marijuana, like, just a, a lot of things, they, they like, Nick Diaz, like, he just wasn't, like, Dana White didn't really like him. Like, even though, like, if now you think about it, he's a huge name. His personality fits mar- mixed martial arts, right? It's, like, like whatever, the, yeah. the we or whatever, but, like, just his character, uh, like, just being from the 209, like, everything just fits UFC, so... Now it's kind of weird to look back back on, but at that time, UFC had an image to keep. Like they didn't want to, like MMA is supposed to be like yeah. kind of like a like a you know like it's a, a good, political yeah, uh, yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. But five years, I I think the the sent not the sentence, but the suspension got reduced a bit. But still, Nick Diaz, I am on fight, and then now he's back. He's ready to fight Robbie Lawler, who um is on a losing streak. But if you look. at Obviously, he lost Ben Ask. What? No, we're not talking about Ben Ask, <laughs> but also Kobe Covington, who's a beast. Yeah. Uh, but hey, Robbie Lawler, uh, when he got cut by UFC, came back in 2013 and then fought, and then uh, he actually he actually got the belt. He got the belt. So Nick Diaz never actually uh, got the belt. Mm-hmm. So, but the thing is, it's kind of weird because Nick Diaz, if you look at his career, uh, career wise, he had a way better career. He's won way more fights than Robbie Lawler, and He's fought like probably harder guys than Robbie Lawler, but Robbie Lawler was the champ. So it, yep. it's kind of interesting to see that they're back now uh, where they are. So then you got to beg, beg, you know, ask the question, Eric, who, who's got the advantage? Who's winning the fight here? Who, who do you got? Who okay. Got? Yeah. Eric's picks. It, it, it's, it's kind of tough to say because if you look at uh, Nick Diaz, this um, tough. They haven't fought in a while. So there is not, yeah, one, you know. And, and Nick Diaz, if you. If you how many win streaks? So one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. He was on a fe- ten fight win streak, and then uh, he fights. Yeah, so he was on a ten fight win streak, and then loses to Carlos Condit uh, by unanimous decision, and then loses to George St Pierre by unanim- unanimous decision. That's two losses. What a really good fight, like GSP, right? And then fights Anderson Silva, and then that fight gets over. Uh, what's the ruling? It's it's a no contest, right? Mm-hmm. So it just doesn't. But still, like, Nick Diaz, the ending of his career really doesn't look that bad, right? Because this guy was on a 10-fight win streak. And on the other side, you have Robbie Lawler, who on his thing has, like, a loss to Ben Askren and stuff. So if I had to 
I'm most likely probably going to bet on this fight. I'm going to bet on Nick Diaz. I just think he's a Diaz. Like, Nick Diaz almost never, like, he never loses. Even by decision, he might lose, but it's going to be really close because he's so good on the ground mm-hmm. because that's his main thing. His striking, so entertaining. And uh, it's not like, it's just tough because Robbie Lawler is a beast because he has that one punch, but I haven't really liked the because having like the ending of Robbie Lawler's career, four fight losing streak, uh, the fighters he's lost to like Neil Magny, Kobe Covington, Ben Askren, RDA, not bad, but it's just, I feel like Nick Diaz got this. Oh, uh, we're going to see who comes out on top in that fight. Uh, if you had yep. to bet, who would you bet on? I w- I'm going with Nick Diaz too. Okay, I'm not exactly, I'm not, yeah. not going to take Nick Diaz. You know? Exactly. Guy would probably just like beat the shit out of me if I ever said that in front of him. <laughs> so, uh, you no, know, but I I'm, so ha- I'm so happy Nick Diaz is back in the UFC. He, he's so good for the UFC. He, he, I, I was never there when Nick Diaz was in the UFC, but you hear so much yeah. stuff about Nick Diaz. And just by seeing Nate Diaz, like the thing about like, everything like Nick Diaz's personality and everything he's done for the UFC. Imagine Nick Diaz is even bigger and he's mm-hmm. an even better fighter than that. So he was back in the day, he was probably even a bigger of a superstar. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy for a lot of fans. Cause I'd say 95% of the fans weren't watching UFC in 2004. So I mean, there's probably a good, like Joe Rogan or whatever, but like there's still, just there's Joe. still it was literally just, <laughs> just Joe, Joe Rogan. Rogan, but like 17, like if you're still watching, like, that's crazy. Like, so there's not yeah. that many fights. So it's so it's it's nice for some the newer fighters like us to like see this and yeah. be able to look back in history and like now compare. So it's, it's yeah. nice. It's nice. It's a little history lesson, but exactly. in real life in our face. Uh, so that should be an interesting uh, fight. But uh, let's go to the main event of the evening. Yes. Um, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega. Mm-hmm. Eric, the two coaches on this season's Ultimate Fighter 29. Yeah. Of course, this is a featherweight uh, bout for the featherweight championship uh, belt. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky practically on a 20-fight win streak. Yeah. Uh, it's like 19 or 20. It's 19, anyway, yeah. he comes in as the underdog at a minus 170. Ortega, the number two ranked. Uh, contender in the featherweight division comes in at a plus 140. He's 15 and one. Uh, Ortega's last fight uh, was a win against the Korean Zombie. Was a unanimous yeah. win by decision. Volkanovski uh, last time we saw him was winning that controversial uh, split decision win over yeah. Max Holloway. Yeah. Um, you know, say what you want about that fight. Um, what What do you think? Actually, before we get into that, what What, what do you think about that Max Holloway fight? between uh, yeah, so, uh like the first one a lot of people had it really close so like almost a draw right mm-hmm. you could have said a draw, and a lot of people uh i've i've searched like i've watched i've rewatched a fight it's like if you watch a fight it's so close it comes down to that oh, third round really exactly exactly and all the shots are like this it's so hard like it is like do you so a lot of people have it like either a draw and then the last fight most people i'd say 60 percent of people have max holloway winning that fight yeah, um, and it, it's so tough because on the record it says that uh, Volkanovski is two and zero against Max Holloway, but in, re- in reality, reality it seems so much closer than that. And it be it's so hard like for Max Holloway to get back in there. He's probably not gonna fight. You're not gonna fight Volkanovski for a third time, and you're already uh, maybe two. though he could. It, but it might have to. It might have to happen. It might have to happen. But it's it's just so weird because they know they're so matched against each other, and they don't want another really like. 
how bad would that look if Max Holloway lost three times and all of them are close fights, you know? But that's Max Holloway for you. Every fight he, he's in, if if he's not uh, winning, it's a close fight, really close fight. You you can see uh, same thing when he fought Dustin Poirier, really like, such a and but all of his all of well, all I mean, of his fights are when amazing. he fought Brian Ortega, that was a really good yes, fight okay. too. Okay, exactly. But very one sided. That, that yeah, one very, very one sided. So yeah, if we jump onto that fight, um, that like a lot a lot of people thought like Ortega is like because Ortega was on a I believe 12, 13 fight a, a a huge winning streak before he lost to Max Holloway, and he, he looked um, like unbeatable like. This guy didn't lose. He had everything, ground game, everything, destroying everyone, submitting everyone. And then who? everyone's like, oh, uh, he, he like he, um, he, they thought Brian Ortega was unbeatable. And then Max Holloway comes in and just absolutely destroy. Like, yeah, that was his first loss a, in the UFC. Abolishes him, gets like 200 plus significant strikes on him, which is a crazy amount. And uh, Brian Ortega Lee, uh, didn't fight for like a year or two and then comes back, beats the Korean zombie. Korean and zombie. now... Here he is. Yep. Well, um, how, how do we look at this fight? Well, let's break it down, right? Volkanovski yeah. obviously uh, has beaten Max Holloway, who Brian Ortega has lost to. Yeah. What is uh, What are the key parts of Volkanovski's game? Well, we know he has uh, great defense when it comes yeah. to... He's very technical. He breaks down his opponents. Obviously, mm-hmm. he, he loves to go to decision. That's how he has most of his wins. He's got great takedown defense, striking defense. Um, you know, he's also a good wrestler and he's good on yep. the ground and he's good at striking too. So, um, you know, Brian Ortega looked good against the Korean zombie. Yep. If you watch that fight over, uh, his striking looks improved. You know, you know, he's got the iron chin. He's got that. Imp- like I said, his striking got, uh, was more improved, but, um, we know Korean zombie doesn't have the best striking defense. So, you know, take that how you want it. But uh, if Ortega wants to take this belt, he's going to have to have the best fight of his career here against Volkanovski, who is so technical, one of those technical fighters that breaks you down, uh, just lasts longer than you, and then just wear and tears on your body. So, um, you know, Volkanovski's looking for his 20th straight win, and Ortega's looking uh, to be the champion in the featherweight division. Eric, how do you see this? So, yeah, as you mentioned, very good analysis, Dib. Volkanovski, uh, it's so weird because mo- his most recent fights have been against Max Holloway, right? And he's looked very like if you look at it, Max Holloway, this guy is almost unbeatable, oh, yeah. and his striking is immaculate, crazy striking, right? Yeah. And the fact that Volkanovski was able to stand up toe to toe with Max Holloway shows a lot. Shows that obviously, if you look at him, like. Uh, because the thing with Volkanovski, he's a stocky right, guy, right? I think he's like five, yeah. six, five, seven. Well, he used he's to a fight at middleweight. He used to fight at middleweight at 185, which is yeah. the same like so fighting division. He's got that core center like, still, you know? Like, how crazy? Like, Derek Brunson, Paul Costa mm. at 185. Like, how crazy is, is that it that is. Volkanovski was fighting there? So, Volkanovski, he's a rugby guy. He's, he's a big stocky guy. So, his wrestling is going to be really good. But Ortega... Ortega, his striking is, I'd say, just one level be- below uh, Volkanovski. But uh, his grappling game, uh, I believe Ortega has better grappling just because of the jiu-jitsu. And before the Max Holloway fight, everyone knew, okay, Ortega, he's one of the best uh, jiu-jitsu fighters in the entire UFC. But uh, Max Holloway just completely like, showed, like, he showed yeah. that 
the striking was too much, which is what Volkanovski is going to show too. He's going to show that um, uh, if, if Ortega can't handle Volkanovski's striking, he's going to lose for sure. So that's why I think he's got to start doing his jujitsu stuff on him. Yeah. And just because Volkanovski breaks down people, as you said, just tears him apart. He's so strong, so good on his legs. So uh, the only way I see Ortega winning this is probably by like a rear naked choke or submission, right? That's the only way I yeah. see it. And we know that's going to be difficult, too, because Volkanovski does have great takedown defense. Like we said, he did fight in middleweight, so he kind of has that that strong center core that he's exactly. been building for the middleweight. So, you know, I like you said, I find it hard to see how Ortega can win this fight if Volkanovski's, you know, pretty much eliminating the biggest part of Ortega's game, which is getting mm. to the ground and going for the submission. So if they keep it up, you know, on their feet, Volkanovski, in my opinion, wins the striking game. So Ortega's going to have to get lucky here and get a takedown and figure it out. Yeah. That's the only way. Submission, like you said, rear naked choke. That's how I could see Ortega. But Ortega's got to be sharp in this fight. He's got to. He's going to have the. Like I said, he's got to have the best fight in his career if he's going to want to win because uh, Volkanovski, uh, of course, one of the best featherweights um, in the division. So um, yeah, because Volkanovski, um, if it goes to distance, he's probably going to win by decision, mm-hmm. and or or he can uh, get a TKO knockout or whatever. Yep. But if you had to predict this fight, what would you say? I would say Volkanovski by decision. Okay, Volkanovski. That's what that's what I'm gonna say. Because I know fair. I know Ortega has that iron chin and he could take punches. Yeah. And so I don't see him like if you watch that Max Holloway fight, he never got yeah. t- uh, taken down or anything. You know. Exactly. Because he ate those uh those punches. So yeah, I think he could take it. It's just you know, eventually like that fight was stopped to to a medical doctor, right? Yeah. Stop that fight. So uh, Volkanovski for sure, not Volkan Ortega can for sure take punches. So that's why I think it's going to go the distance, you know, to a decision. He's going to win it. I think okay. by decision. That's what I would say. I'm not lying. I might surprise you here. Um, it, it's tough because I I see it, I find it so difficult that to believe that Volkanovski is going to win, and what's going to happen after the decision. I don't think Max Holloway is going to fight. because it, it it would it's make tough. so much sen- it would make so much sense for the UFC to have. Ortega win this fight and then Max Holloway fight after. It just makes sense, right? So for me, it's so complicated to believe that if Volkanovski wins, like what's next for Volk? It's it just holds up division. It, it, to me, I just don't want that to happen, really. So, and I I know Ortega uh, probably doesn't have like I'd say it's, uh, there's a sixty percent chance that um, Volkanovski wins and forty percent chance that Ortega. That's if I had to put it, it'd be yeah. something like that. So if I had to bet, I, I thought the bets would be a bit more in favor of Volkanovski. Yeah. I was pretty; those are pretty close uh, they, bets, right? Yeah, they started off. Um, I think he was at a two hundred Volkanovski, yeah. but now they, now it's uh, only a hundred something. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's pretty close. But I'm, I might, I'm not gonna lie. I'm probably gonna put like ten, twenty dollars on Ortega on this oh, fight because yeah. I, I do believe he can pull something off. Oh, and he's got to go t- get to the ground, figure that game out. If I did have a projection, I'd say Volkanovski, but I will bet on uh, Ortega. Okay, so let me get this right. You rather see Ortega win and then yeah. rematch Max Holloway. Yeah, and then Max Holloway. Then see Volkanovski Holloway three. Because I don't know. I, I, it doesn't seem that bad. At, like As we know, it was a controversial win. So there's still a lot of people that thought he deserved to win. So you kind of kind of look at it as in a 1-1 split. That's how like a lot of fans see it. That's why... like. We were talking about Shevchenko. Like she's probably going to fight Amanda Nunez a third time. 
right? Really? Because I, I, don't, I, don't I would, think that's I would think, I think so. I, I really do think it's going to happen the third okay. time because those two brought a lot of, you know, that's basically the biggest hype around uh, women's boxing. Like you have Amanda Nunez who's bullying people in the bantamweight and Shevchenko who's just beating people up in the flyweight. So I really do think those three, are, uh, those two are going to fight a third time. And I could say the same thing about Max Holloway and Volkanovski. I think the second fight was so the, the fights have always been close. The second fight was that much closer. I think uh, he warrants himself a third fight. And I think Max Holloway is willing to do it too. Well, I mean, he's the champ Volkanovski. So I think Max Holloway for sure wants to f- fight the champ, right? He wants the belt. Exactly. But it's just weird to because I'm not like, it's kind of like when DC and Stipe fought three times. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, they yeah. they had, a, like, DC won, obviously. And then Stipe won, obviously. And then the third fight was, like, decision, whatever. But this one was Volkanovski won by decision. And then Volkanovski won by split decision again. It's so... But close. It was very close. It is, no, exactly. It's very close. close but it's just the fact that, like, on the on paper, it says Volkanovski won. It's just yeah. hard to believe that... To me, I, I just feel like it's... It's also Max one Holloway, of the biggest robberies in UFC history. Yeah. yeah. You know? that's, that's fair to say. Well, as people say, it's one of the... not, You know, it is very close, and there's reasons for both of them to, to be declared winners. You know, it's mm-hmm. r- really how you break down that third round, right? Because yeah. Holloway won the first two, Volkanovski won the last two, and it depends. Then you ask yourself, who won the third fight? And some people have Max Holloway, others have Volkanovski because, you know, the more you inflict damage, the more does that trump, you know, quanti- you know, quality exactly. over quantity. You know, exactly. if you have a big heavy fight, even though, you know, Volkanovski had more, probably more punches landed in the third or, you know, you know, hits that counted, but it, it's tough. You know, a lot of people thought Max Holloway should have won. And so that's why I think Volkanovski can get that third fight. Not Volkanovski, Max Holloway can get that third fight. Uh I, I okay. still think uh, it's like, what else were you going to watch in the featherweight? I mean, w- what else do you have that, 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 that's going? No but, like? that, no, but that's what I was saying. It, it's it's really going to stick up the division because yeah. uh, I'd rather see Ortega win and then fight Max Holloway and then something happens there. Max Holloway is a champ. Yeah, that's what Volkanovski I would think would just a, happen, though. I so think Max I, Holloway just wins. But I'd rather see Max Holloway become champ another way and then rematch Volkanovski when Max yeah, Holloway has a belt or something, right? So that'd be more interesting. And the thing with Volkanovski in the hallway is like, if I'm looking at the significant strikes right now, the first fight, Volkanovski had 157, Max Holloway had 134. But significant strike, does, it doesn't mean the whole thing, right? Like, no. if you watch a fight, like, power on the, the punching, like, a simple, like, a little tap might yeah. count as... Or a shin but, kick or... Exactly. Leg. But the second fight, Volkanovski had 137 significant strikes, three takedowns, and Max Holloway only had 100, 102 but it's not the whole picture if you actually watch the fight it's by rounds right? you gotta dissect yeah. by rounds who wins so, yeah who wins the most uh rounds? but yeah but it's just but now now that i'm looking at this it's like can ortega since ortega got destroyed by max Holloway, like how is how is that gonna tr- transition right i don't know we he looked good against the korean zombie but exactly. the korean zombie doesn't have the best striking defense mm-hmm. uh as we know in the division so maybe it's you know it's a bit inflated uh, his performance, but um, that's, I, I really think if it sticks on the ground, Volkanovski is just going to break him down and do the usual uh, and stick to his game plan. And I think Ortega's only chance to win this, if he gets it to the ground and get wins by submission, that's yeah. really like the outcome. I don't think he wins by 
outstriking Volkanovski. No chance, yeah, not no. in my opinion. Because Volkanovski is the best uh, strikers in yeah. the feather. Probably the best striker in the feather. Other right? yeah. than Max Holloway, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, that's how I see it. So um, that should be interesting for USC two six two sixty six. I and they have a bit of beef going on. Do they? Oh yeah, yeah I mean they were the they were the coaches on on the Ultimate Fighter and then fighter. I I was just watching it on Joe Rogan. Vlog. No, the embedded vlog. I oh I oh. didn't watch the Joe, but on embedded vlog he's just saying oh like I he's I'm not the worst, guy. but he like he's like oh yeah, like I don't like this guy like Volkanovski. Yeah, he's saying he was fake. He's saying he he's a, fake, he's really. fake and um he pretends to be this nice guy and stuff, but. I don't know. I think he's just picking on stuff because they're fighting and he's exactly. being specific. But um, let's, uh, that's going to be interesting. We're going to have next week's episode. It's going to be a recap of that. What's uh, next, I guess, after those aftermaths? Uh, you know, what do the consequences give us? Because we love seeing um, new types of fights and uh, who's going to fight who next. So stay tuned for that episode next week. But let's go into the NFL, Eric, week two NFL, pretty much uh, finished except Monday night football Lions versus Packers. Eric, as we normally do, uh, week two, week one fantasy, Yahoo fantasy. Um, But before we get into that, actually, let's quickly talk about our teams. Um, Bengals, Steelers, our division Eric, the Bengals lost versus the Bears, 17-20. They were down by double digits with five minutes left, 20-3. to They quickly came back. Joe Burrow threw, th- threw three interceptions in a yeah. row. Oh. Uh, he, had a hun- he had the longest active Ironman streak in the NFL, 199 uh, completed passes before, uh, with no interceptions, threw three in a row. Yeah. And then after that, threw two consecutive touchdown passes to bring the lead, you know, 2017. Yeah, uh, so uh, yeah, so... Um, Let's, you know, I watched the full game. I exactly, can break it yeah. down when I think. Yeah. Um, listen, Eric, oh, the Bengals, I'm telling you, first of all, their defense is looking real good. The Bengals defense is looking real good this year, Eric. Uh, they're really the reason why that game was so close with the Bears. They were on the field a lot that game. Um, th- this is the thing about the Bengals offense. And Zach Taylor is getting a lot of shit and uh, f- for good reason. Um if you look at the Bengals wide receivers, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, I mean, Joe Mixon's on that offense. They have one of the most explosive, dangerous offenses, not dangerous offenses, but young, talented offenses uh, in the league. T. Higgins is like 6'5", 6'4". Jamar, uh, then you got Tyler Boyd, he's like 6'1". Jamar Chase is a generational wide receiver. So mm. when you want to play scared, Okay, that's what's gonna you're 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 pretty much throwing the throwing the backup quarterback at that point. Keep Joe Burrow. If you're so scared of Joe Burrow being sacked and hit, because a lot of the play calling was, you know, they handed it off to Mixon a lot and it was Burrow behind in the pocket throwing the ball, and that's because they don't want him rushing up and getting sacked. So if you're gonna play scared with the play calling, might as well just throw in the you know the backup quarterback because we're not gonna win uh, um if we're just gonna limit our playbook. Okay, yeah. That's what happened because near the end of the game, then they started to throw the ball downfield. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and everything, but it was just too late. Uh, you got to start the game off that from that point point of view right away. You got to start off explosive uh, and just have that uh, that firepower offense that they could have that they shown uh, late in the game, but they didn't do that. So that's why people are calling for Zach Taylor's head. Um, you know, next week in Pittsburgh that we're going to see here uh, yeah. when those two teams face off. Uh, Bengals are going to have to be wearing their big boy pants from the start here. 
yeah. because the defense has been playing really good uh, to the start of the season. So if they can get the offense going, you know, um, Steelers defense, no TJ Watt. Uh, he's injured. I know. Uh, I know. Who knows what's going to happen? He's going to be ready for next week. But uh, that's what I say about the Bengals. I don't know. This is a great team, up-and-coming team. I just think they're being limited strongly by Zach Taylor and the, and the offensive play calling. So they could have been the Bears. You know, there were a lot of missed tackles, too, a lot of big plays that were missed by the players, a lot of uh, mental injuries that just hurt them. Um, so, man, Justin Fields came, Andy Dalton injured Justin Fields. Yeah. He got a lot of uh, false start penalties because uh, he was, like, dropping back early. That's, like, the rare. I haven't seen that in a while. Um, and he threw an interception. So, you know, the defense, like I said, they're stepping up. The offense needs to step up, which I mean the, the, the coaching staff, specifically Zach Taylor. But anyway, like I said, they're facing against your Steelers next week who yeah. just lost, Eric, to the Las Vegas Raiders. Last week yeah. I asked you, who do you think was going to win? You said the, Ra- the Steelers pretty convincingly. You weren't threatened by the Raiders. But Raiders I, and Derek yeah. Carr are playing some good football. Uh, they beat the Steelers. I, think, I forget what the score was, 26 to 16 or something like uh, that. It was. I have it right here. It was... 26 to 17. Yeah, 26 to 17. So, it wasn't what happened. So, okay, what happened here? Well, but before, whatever I said last week, don't forget, we're the Raiders and Ravens game wasn't done. It wasn't done, yeah. You know what I mean? That was a really good game. Like, one probably game of the year. Yeah. So much happened in that game. And uh, now I think about it, Raiders are a playoff contending team. They're, if you look at their team, they're a solid team. Um, and, I don't know. Like, I'll be honest. I was watching. Uh, we were losing and winning, and then because I, I just wanted to watch other uh, not fights, uh, games too. Uh, I watched a good amount of this game. It, it was it was kind of weird when TJ Wall got injured. I was uh, I just changed the channel. I was I was pissed. Yeah, I didn't want to see, but I I was impressed. Like Najee Harris had a really good game. I was mostly looking at individual players, right? But uh, we just big. I don't know, if Big Ben's the big deal anymore any like i don't know if we're gonna have him as our number no, one i don't think so either qb anymore they that's took me I've a while to realize yeah that's what but, i've been saying but i started hey, the season you're like oh big ben big ben. i'm like i don't no, know about but, big ben but the raiders are a good team we gotta give that to them raiders yes. are a good team it's not like they're they they beat the ravens who would beat kansas too obviously it doesn't exactly that's not what it means exactly no but no, no 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 raiders are you can tell they're a really good team mm. so i'm not too, I'm disappointed, but I'm not too pissed off about the loss. Um, Raiders, especially Derek Carr, had a really good game. Like, as yeah. all like Henry Dude, Ruggs Henry had Ruggs a really, yeah, I know Henry Ruggs. Uh, it, it, there's so many like little things you can improve on. Um, yeah. like our, our defense played okay, and then when TJ Watt injured, like it's just our defense just crumbles after our wide receivers, they played okay, but. Hey, we just got to bounce back. We got to get an easy win over the Bengals <laughs> next week. <laughs> Listen, um, got to get an easy win. That's why I'm scared. TJ Watch comes back here. Um, yeah, because the Bengals O line they lot they led a lot of sacks against the Bears and wasn't even Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack then really like he had a good game. He had a sack on Burrow, but wasn't really uh you know he had pressure and stuff like that, but wasn't his usual Khalil Mack um, self, I would say. So give credit to the Bengals there, but yeah, yeah their O line just. Wasn't very good. Wasn't good against Minnesota. Wasn't good here. Um, and you know, that's I guess the lack of that, ha- you know, makes the offense lack because the, we're scared of the play calling and stuff like that to keep Burrow safe back in the pocket. 
But um, now they face the Steelers here. Like, and Joe Burrow said he's got to be they're got to be wearing their big boy pants from the start because they, you can't go down against the Steelers with that defense. And so I don't know. Just be surprised, Eric. You know, if Zach Taylor brings his big boy pants, hopefully he does because he hasn't brought them yet. But if he does, and we start throwing the ball down to six five T Higgins, I don't know. Then Jamar Chase two touchdowns down two games. I'm telling you, uh, I think it's going to be a good game next week. Oh, it's uh, going to be a very um, good game. I think for sure. You know, a lot of people might have the Steelers and, you know, for good reason. But I don't know. It could be a very close game here. The Bengals are not playing bad football. They're playing pretty good not football, all, especially the defense, too. So, see, offense got figured out here. Joe Burrow brush over the old game, three, t- three interceptions, whatever. That was a fluke. He's going to come back stronger. And just hopefully, the, uh, hopefully I see some uh, – some deep bombs downfield early, you know, test the defense early, but um, also keep that O line's got to show up, man. Because I don't know, yeah. I don't know how good the pass rush Pittsburgh Penguins are without TJ Watt are though. I don't know how good their yeah. pass rush is going to yeah. be, but with TJ yeah, Watt, it's definitely good. But he's got that groin injury so far. So I know. Like, I know. Oh, What's your sucks. projection if you have to project the score for next week? Um, I think it's a low scoring game. Oh yeah, okay, that's fair. I think, yeah. Well, I mean, the Pittsburgh defense is good, right? It's like, yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe like a twenty, uh, maybe like, maybe like, uh, yeah, like twenty seventeen is a good score though. But twenty seven, things gonna come down to the wire. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough though. Exactly. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? I want to say the Bengals. But it really depends, like, how good that Steelers defense. They've been inconsistent this uh, this year, it seems like. So, you know, uh, it really depends how that defense comes out and plays. Because if they're on their game, uh, it just really depends. Because the Bengals are really hurting them. This loss against the Bears, it wasn't really a loss to the Bears. It was really the Bengals, you know, shot themselves in the foot. They lost themselves. Yeah. Uh, the interception, sure, yeah, but just even the play call is the biggest thing. Zach Taylor really needs to get yeah, things going yeah. here. I'm tired of these, you know, like these little slants. Yeah, the wheel, like the uh, the post slants are, are, are grain stuff, but, you know, you hand it off to Joe Mixon a lot, and that's great that you don't give up on the run uh, when you're down and stuff like that because Joe Mixon is a really good running back, and he, he's having a great season so far, averaging um, a few yards here per uh, carry. But you still got to throw the ball downfield. To you know, T Higgins, you got you got to take advantage of this guy. This guy's six four, six five. He's man. very good. Okay, yeah, I love T. He's, he's gonna go up and get the ball majority of the times, and it's Joe Burrow throwing it to him. And then you have Jamar Chase, who's a generational yeah. wide receiver. Uh, so you know, okay. we, we got to start making plays here. Got to start making plays and test that defense early. Can't do it later on in the game when you're down. Got to do it from the start. From the start. So that's, that's what fair. they got to do. I don't know. What do uh, what's Big Bang got to do? Figure it out here. Gets a Bengals Wait, defense uh, that's surprising. I'll say like, that. like, I, I don't think Big Ben. I just I just want to see the Big Ben kind of like similar to what I saw last year. Like get the ball, throw it quick, right? Because when you're Big Ben, like you just want you're you're a little he's on, he's on the older side, you know. But, oh yeah, but, uh, he's got to throw it. I just want to see him because last year he'd get the ball and throw it quick. Uh, we lost some of our O line from last year, some big pieces. But I just want to see him get the ball, throw it quick. Because if you Naji is way better than because uh, usually. He, he works like when you had Le'Veon Bell, who was very good, and uh, that was a good duel. But Najee Harris, pretty similar to Le'Veon Bell. And I just want to see him utilize Najee Harris a bit more, you know, 
He's a very good running back. Probably uh, well, running- well, we know the Steelers' run game isn't that good. Yes, I know, but like, just like, just you, I don't know, like, just utilize. But I use him like, like he kind of had that touchdown play there where you got the ball thrown to him and stuff like that. Yeah, but but I don't know if you saw his highlight. If you saw his highlight, like he had a really nice stiff arm. Like, yeah, Najee Harris is a very good running back. I just want to. That was his first quarterback. That was his first career touchdown, right? Passing touchdown. But Uh, I'm telling you, he's a good running back. Like. Yeah, we'll see. Like, oh, yeah, no doubt. Okay, we get it. Jamar Chase has two touchdowns. Like, it's fine. No, like, I'm just saying. Whatever. But he's a general generational talent now just because he has two touchdowns. <laughs> oh, so he's not a generational talent? He's so not he one of the best wide receivers. He catches, he catches one lucky pass in the first game. and gets One lucky pass. And then this game, what? Gets a lucky right. pass. It makes two defenders nail, like knock each other to the I ground. did see that. Yeah, that was so, sick. Listen, man. It's going to be a good game. Very it's gonna good be a good game. game. Listen, it's gonna be worse if the Steelers lose versus to the Bengals know, and know, the Bengals losing. I'll tell you that much. So I got nothing to lose. It's on you. It's on you because you better make sure if they lose, I'm showing up next episode with my Jamar <laughs> Chase jersey on. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let you hear it because sure. I told you from the start, Big Ben. I told you question mark around this guy. Question mark. Oh, he's good. He's good. Yeah, he's no good. Worries. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. No I don't. Worries. Steelers. Uh. Still, yeah, Mike Tomlin. They're a good team, but uh, I don't know if they're going to be a. Uh, looks like the band, the the Browns are going to run away with this division, maybe, perhaps. Well, don't forget, we're both, we're all all through all four teams yeah, you're are one, one and one. one right now. All four teams are one and one right now. Yeah. So and Steelers are the best team. In the division. I don't. I don't know. I, I would say I, I give that to the Browns right now. Browns look legit, and uh, sure. I feel like the Steelers are just going to lose to shitty teams down the stretch for some reason. Okay. Like okay. they did last year when they went eleven and zero and they just choked after. I think they're just they're riding that choke, you know. Pretty much. I just don't they're think down. we're gonna have the pressure because when you go eleven and zero, like that's a lot of pressure. Like maybe it was a little too much, but now if we just like we we spread out our losses a bit, you know? and just jet like playing up to your standards, like just playing playing up to your standards, like everyone expects you to play. Yeah, I guess yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Just, just watch. But uh, yeah. So uh, that's gonna be exciting to see uh next week take place. Uh, week three in the NFL, week two in the books. Monday night football happening now. Aaron Rodgers versus uh Jared Goff. Uh, yeah. Monday night football. So uh, we're gonna stay tuned. Like we said, give our reactions to UFC two CC six. Uh, talk about. Oh wait, talk about our NFL teams. fantasy teams. Yeah. Oh my god, almost forgot. Uh, quickly, my fantasy team. This week, two and zero, uh, not a okay. surprise. Big one fifty one uh, win to one forty two. Murray had a great game. D Hop had an average game. Tyler Lockett had a su- su- superstar like game, thirty one points. Yeah. Caffrey, great as always. Joe Mixon, uh, like I said, he he was great against the Bears. If you actually watched the game, because he had no touchdown value, he only got eight points. Mark Andrews, average. Melvin Gordon, average. Young Hoku average too. You know, the guy's been playing under his predictions now two weeks in a row. Los Angeles defense, 11 points for me. So, uh, like I said, Eric, I'm just killing in this league. Um, I just beat the guy that you lost to in week one. So you're welcome. Oh, on thank that. you. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, my team's good. No, no, no worries here. What, what about you? Hey, same here. You know, first week was, it was tough, right? Cause it was such a close matchup and I ended mm-hmm. up losing and I was projected to be almost undefeated, right? My team, for oh and one, but huge bounce back. I think I probably had the most points in the league, I believe. Yeah. Uh 164.66. Well, let's, um, why don't you look at some of your match your points totals and tell us what your defense got? <laughs> yeah, but hey, that's what <laughs> yeah, why don't you say the number? 
Okay, well, Buffalo like you're gonna act 20... like it's like you're gonna act like it's normal. No, well, Buffalo had they can probably do it again. First shutout of the season six, 2016, not gonna happen again. All right, so you can count your 164 okay, projection but... out the door. Hey, we beat our we we beat our sponsor, Hot Street Mike. There you um, go. Is is that like the head guy on Hot Street? I'm I guessing. don't know. But uh, make sure to get Hot Street Fantasy. Yeah, uh, download the app. Exactly, and then um, every Rodrigo Blankenship did did pretty well. Jarvis Land, hey, Jarvis Landry's not gonna get injured like that again. So <laughs> I'm probably gonna have someone else instead. So hey, that kind of balances out with the Buffalo defense, you know. And then yeah. Travis Kelsey, of course, I have him every almost every single fantasy. Absolute stud, gets his touchdowns, everything. Um, Daryl Henderson Jr. Um, I'll be honest, I played him. I was a little skeptical, but I hey, told you to play him. him. I told you to play him. Sure. And then Najee Harris had a good game. Um, Chris Godwin had, had a decent game. Terry McLaurin had a really good game. I was watching that game too. So uh, very proud of my boy, Scary Terry. Mm-hmm. And then Josh Allen had a uh, really, well, for 35 and no, not too many yeah, points, but not too uh, many points. Um, so you're one one I'm looking to be the only 2-0 team in the league. We'll see okay, what happens okay. after Monday night. Uh, right now, if Terry loses, I'll be the only 2-0 team. That's going to be a nice... Because I don't think we have... We, have, we don't have divisions in this league. So... Uh, we don't? No. It's 1-8 to eight or 1-10. Oh, no, we don't. Like yeah, we don't. We don't. Okay. So it's 1-10. So having a nice 2-0 lead cushion... Uh, or, sorry, being a game ahead is nice in the NFL. So yeah, that's uh that's how our fantasy teams uh look like, what they look like for week two. Uh, we'll let you know about week three uh, after the NFL's week wraps up. As usual, that's next Wednesday. Uh, but as always, thank you for listening to the Stephen Zang thank Show, you. episode thirty-eight. Next week, episode thirty-nine, getting closer to forty uh, every week. As always, like I said, still waiting. Jack Eichel's trade uh, from the Buffalo Sabers. Um, Elliot Freeman just this week or last Friday, whatever he said this week, there's going to be more news on Jack Eichel and the situation in Buffalo. Uh, that's what he said. So uh, we have to wait and see what that's going to be about. Uh, who knows? Jack Eichel is going to be traded by the time of the start of the season. Probably not. It looks like Buffalo wants to get rid of them, but seems content to keeping them as long as possible. So I'll throw it out. Hopefully he gets traded by next episode. Probably not, but I'll keep saying it as usual. Thank you for listening. If Thank you're you. listening on Spotify, watching on YouTube, uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. So stay tuned. Roll the outro.